The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Welcome to Talk is Jericho, and this is the Pot of Thunder and Rock and Roll. The spell you're under has been broken by Chris Jericho. And don't forget, it's Friday. Remedy for boredom has arrived. The People's Podcast is here. Let's go for a ride, because guess what? It's WrestleMania 31 weekend. That means a couple things. One, I got one of the hottest stars in the game today. Daniel Bryan is here to give his thoughts on WrestleMania 31. Plus, the returning, the prodigal son, the exile, Egypt, is back to make his predictions for this weekend's matches, this weekend's madness, this weekend's extravaganza. So many things happening today. Such a such a, a cool, cool show. And I want to thank you for being here. I want to thank you for joining us Twice a week. You know you get this show for free for twice a week. Uh, and it's all because of the great sponsors of Talk is Jericho that we have. I'm talking about all the people, uh, including DraftKings. I'm talking DDP Yoga. I'm talking Dollar Shave Club. Of course, I'm talking about Amazon. Don't forget, you can use my Amazon links whenever you want at podcast1.com. If you click on the Keep Our Podcast free banner on top of the page, eh? then you hit the Talk is Jericho button. You use those Amazon links every time you do. Amazon kicks back a couple bucks to show to help us cover the production costs. It keeps this show going. Keep it happening for free for you. So many cool things. I got links for Amazon USA, Amazon UK, Amazon Canada Day, all kinds of cool stuff. You get the whole KISS catalog, tons of KISS merch. Go back and listen to when the God of Thunder was on the Pot of Thunder a few days ago. Gene Simmons, what an amazing conversation we had on Talk is Jericho. It's a conversation you've never, ever heard Gene sound before. You've never heard Gene like this. Go to Amazon, check out some KISS merch. Go to Amazon, buy some Cheech and Chong movies. Cheech Marin was here the other day as well. Such a cool conversation we had with him. Plus, you can get the new DVD that's sweeping the nation, the new Jericho DVD, The Road is Jericho, uh, documentary, stories and tales about rare matches that you've never seen before. You don't want to miss this. Plus, the new Fozzie record, Do You Want to Start a War, featuring SOS, our famous ABBA cover, that incited mosh pits around the UK, around Europe. Plus, you get my new book. 
and my third New York Times bestseller, The Best in the World at What I Have No Idea. So many cool things you can get. If you help us uh, out, uh, you want to help us, go to Amazon, buy anything you want. You go to podcastone.com, you click on the Keeper Podcast, free banner at the top of the page, then you hit the Talk is Jericho button. You bookmark it so you get those links in one easy click. Help out this show. Go to Amazon and do your shopping today. All right. Uh, do you have the WWE Network? You need to get that as well. So many cool things happening with the WWE Network. So many uh, interesting uh, matches you can watch, programming you can see. Huge, huge news coming up for me for Talk is Jericho. I'm sure you'll hear about that uh, early next week, maybe on Monday. And we will uh, fill you in on that when the news is released. But in the meantime, and in between time, we've got WrestleMania. Yeah. 31 is coming up and uh got to tell you I've gotten a lot of questions about the man that was joining me for every pay-per-view uh giving his predictions giving his um thoughts giving his uh hypotheses and then of course is Egypt the janitor Egypt for those of you that have forgotten or have never heard was the janitor that was working at Westwood High School Westwood Collegiate Back in 1988 when I had the BTWF, which was my wrestling company, we had Pummel Mania, main event, Eastern Crowbar versus the Glango Man. I climbed the ladder to get to the top of the ladder. And as I got there, um, uh, before I could jump off, the high school janitor came in. We used to call him Egypt because he uh, couldn't really understand what he was saying. Could understand any of his uh, language, any of his thought process, and he came in saying, "Oh, So, um, huge problems with Egypt and myself until about a few months ago. Egypt and I became friends, and Egypt became a regular guest of the show. Unfortunately, there was an impasse. There was a contract dispute between Egypt and Chris Jericho. Uh, the big news of the week is that Egypt has re-signed with Talk is Jericho. I gave him an offer he could not refuse, and he uh, stepped away from his training to become a UFC reviewer, a UFC prognosticator, and he's now back with Talk is Jericho for the long haul. So we will now go through the list of all of the matches for WrestleMania 31 with Egypt. And I just got to say, Egypt, it's great to have you back on the show. I know there was a contractual impasse, but I know there was some uh, outside uh, issues as well. What were your problems with me and with my show, Egypt, and why has it been so long since you're on the show? I have to tell you, Jericho, first of all, I'm very excited to be back on Tweaky's Jericho. After so many months of contract negotiations and issues and blow-ups between you and I, my biggest problem was that you told the fans to shut the hell up if they did not like Roman Reigns going to the main event position. Jericho, I pay my money. Jericho, I'm allowed to have an opinion. Jericho, if I choose to not like Roman Reigns, you should not say shut the hell up to me. And believe me, I was very angry with you, as was many people on the Twitter following.
Well, Egypt, you do have a good point about that. And it's, it's funny because I was a little bit misquoted in that when I said, if the fans don't like Roman Reigns getting a push, they should shut the hell up. What I said was, I like Roman Reigns. If the fans don't appreciate Roman Reigns or don't like him, shut the hell up in complaining to me because you'll never uh, sway my opinion. Everyone has an opinion. Everyone's allowed to have an opinion. And my opinion is, I like Roman Reigns. I always have. I always will. And if you don't like it, I don't care. This is my opinion. I'm not going to stand up for anything else but my opinion. But it came across as me saying that fans don't deserve the right to have uh, uh, an opinion. It's not what I meant. It's not what I said. That's not what this country is based on. It's not what uh, WWE is based on. I'm a Roman Reigns fan. If no one else is, I don't care. I'm cheering for him, and that's the beauty of the company. If you don't want to cheer for him, don't cheer for him. If you want to cheer for Funaki or Daniel Bryan or uh, Fandango, go nuts. Do your thing, man. But I'm just saying I like Roman Reigns, and I'm sorry if I uh, offended you, Egypt. That was not my intention. It's not really what I said. All right, Jellico. It does not matter. All that matters is it's WrestleMania on Sunday. It's time to make the predictions. I will start with the Andre de Giwant, Memorial Bitterrebel. And I love the Miz. I want to be friends with the Miz. I want to wear a scarf like the Miz. I am trusting the Miz. Okay, Egypt, you're going to choose the Miz. I'm going to choose Miz Dow. I'm going to choose his stunt double slash personal assistant. I think people are going nuts for him. I think people are excited to see him. I think people are going to cheer for uh, Miz Dow, and that's my prediction on uh, who's going to win the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. For those of you keeping score, take down your pen and paper and start making notes now of who's going to uh, uh, win this uh, battle of predictions between Egypt and myself. Okay, so next is AJ Lee and Page versus the Bell Twins. Really doesn't matter. I'm going to go AJ Lee and Page. I think they want to keep AJ happy because of the uh, CM Punk thing, and she's, of course, married to CM Punk. So uh, let's say AJ and Page. Egypt? I agree with you. I love Zapaj. She is my favorite. She is pale and sexy. Okay. Let's go in our Intercontinental Championship ladder match. Bad News Barrett versus R-Truth versus Dolph Ziggler versus Dean Ambrose versus Luke Harper versus Daniel Bryan versus Stardust. I'm going to say that today's guest... Daniel Bryan is going to win the Intercontinental Championship because um, I think it's important to give some steam back to the IC title and he can uh, defend that live. He's super popular, super over, and on house shows you can always end, end, the, uh, end the night with an IC title match, uh, Daniel Bryan versus whoever. And I know because I worked with Kurt Angle for months and months and months, if not years, uh, as the IC champion on top in the main events. Okay, well, you love the Daniel Bryan. I am going to say that Dean Ambrose is going to win the championship. I love the Dean Ambrose. He wears little jean in the ring. He wears the muscle shelf in the ring. He's unorthodox. I say the Dean Ambrose. Okay, and talking about some of the uh, championships that need more of a boosting. United States Championship, Rusev versus Cena. Uh, and where has Lana been? I guess it doesn't matter. I think Cena is going to win, and the same concept as to the reason why. He's going to be main eventing uh, the house shows as the U.S. champion. I love Jason Cena. 
I worship the John Cena, and I agree with you. Where has Lana been? With me, in my boudoir. I love the Lana. She loves the man with the accent, and she has been with me, uh, hanging out with me in my uh, armoire, and on my ass. Okay, I hope Egypt is okay. Seth Rollins and Randy Orton. I think that uh, Randy Orton is going to win uh, for reasons that I will explain later. Egypt? Uh, Randy Orton will not win. He is the past. Seth Rollins is the future. Seth Rollins will win. Okay, uh, Undertaker, Bray Wyatt. Uh, I think it's... Pretty much all across the board, Undertaker will win. Undertaker needs to win after losing the streak last year. And Bray Wyatt's done a tremendous job uh, in carrying the promos, but I think Undertaker has to come back and has to win uh, in this one a very important match, the WrestleMania match. You are such a stupid. You always like the old time wells. You always like the attitude of guys. You always like the respect. Pound the respect. Scoop respect. I say that Bray Wyatt will win. The young guy. He is the man for the future. He is the man who will have 70,000 cell phones. Lighting up the sky when his music plays. All right, Sting versus Triple H. I think uh, Sting is going to win. I think Triple H will give him a great match, and it'll be great to see Sting back. Uh, and he he's pretty much has to win. I agree. Sting will win. I don't expect that classic match. We have seen Sting for 10 years in TNW. So I think he will be happy to be at WrestleMania. He will work hard. Triple H will work hard. But I think time has passed him by. It will be a good match, not great. All right, and then we get to the big one. World Heavyweight Championship. Brock Lesnar just resigned with the WWE uh, versus Roman Reigns. I think they're going to go all the way with it. I think Roman Reigns is going to win the world title uh, and finally... Uh, making his quest come true. I like Roman Reigns. I don't care what anyone else says. I think he should be the, uh, made crown champion at WrestleMania. And if he's not crown champion, then all this work that they've done for the last few months is for naught. Ah, oh, Jericho, you are forgetting. I think that Seth Rollins will beat Randy Orton. Then he will cash in the money in the bank mouse and beat Brock Lesnar, which will lead Brock Lesnar to turn WBFS. And then you will have Brock Lesnar chase Seth Rollins for the Twitter. And you will have Roman Reigns chase Seth Rollins for the Twitter. And you will have Randy Orton Chase, Seth Rollins for the Twitter. It gives many, many, many options for the future and makes Seth Rollins a very strong, unbeatable heel. All right, Egypt. Well, you always have your opinions, and it's great to have you back on the show. So we will see who's going to win uh, the, 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 the war of predictions between Jericho and Egypt. Follow Egypt at Egypt, the janitor. We're glad to have him back. Like I said, I made him an offer. He couldn't refuse. Uh, Egypt has turned down his future career in the UFC, 
and we're glad to have him back here with us on Talk is Jericho. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Talk is Jericho. I always get really nervous when I'm setting up this uh, portable studio, and I, I press the buttons. I hope it works. But I'm here with Daniel Bryan. Um, and it's interesting because I pulled up here about the same time as you did, and you were outside. Uh, we're at the arena in Buffalo, and you're outside like greeting all the fans. And it's cold outside, and it's kind of windy and snowy. And Is that something you do all the time? Uh, well, it depends on how many people are out there. Obviously, if there's hundreds of people out there, I don't do it, and mostly because it becomes too much, right? Like you feel bad for all the people who are standing out there and then you, you they don't get anything if you're yeah. signing for some because I've tried that and just done as much as I can and then okay I have to get into the building right uh, but then people are like oh what about me oh you know and then it's almost better to not do any than to do some and then leave people out yeah, yeah. but like uh, there was probably about 30 40 people out there and that's manageable you know and uh, the fans are always really good as far as like if you go out there the worst is if you don't say anything to them and then they're just all huddling around but if you say hey I'm going to get to everybody right if you could have your phones ready for the pictures and your pens ready for the autographs, then it moves along really f- fast. And then they're really, I mean, those people have been waiting out there since 9 o'clock and it's freezing cold outside, you know, yeah. so that gives them uh, an added extra experience, you know. Sometimes I'll say like um, just a picture or just an autograph. Uh-huh. Because then, like, you know, if, if I remember when I was a kid, I used to do the same thing, whether you're yeah. waiting for bands or waiting for wrestlers. And if I could get anything, like, yeah. that was cool. Yeah. I find sometimes when there is a lot of people, and let's say this in a bad way, but you want a picture and an autograph, it's like, let's give somebody, somebody, some, everybody gets something. Right. Yeah. 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 You know? And, well, and especially like if it's a very large group of people. Like, right. You know, like if, there are times we pull up to the building and there's four people out there. And if there's four people, I'll sign whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and take pictures to a certain degree. You know, there are some people who <laughs> nothing is ever enough. Wait, can we do it where you're making this face right. and you put me in a headlock or whatever? Can you do you the know? yes pose? Yeah. Like, Guys, so, come on. Yeah. And that's another thing, too. I remember when I was a kid, like if you had four or five guys, Guys, and maybe I don't know Hogan would walk by or James Hetfield or something. If he signed for one guy or took one picture, that was the lucky one. It's yeah. like, oh, like, yeah, oh yeah. you got it. Right. So sometimes I don't mind like not everyone gets something right. because there's always that experience. It's like, oh, you got a picture. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. You know, that's kind of the way. But well, and that's especially to me for the kids to just give them an experience yes. that like that they can remember because I remember my first show, I was just thrilled. Uh, it wasn't my first show, actually. It was like maybe when I was in high school. I was thrilled when Henry Godwin slapped my hand, right? Like so, it's it's like he touched my hand. He touched my hand. You know, and that's just giving a kid that experience. Sure, exactly. So. Yeah, we used to do it at the hotel in Winnipeg where we were too scared to talk to the really big guys. Yeah. So it was me and my friend. Uh, his name was Craig. And okay, you stand there with the camera, uh-huh. and I'll stand against the wall. And when one man gang walks by, <laughs> yell his name and take the picture. And right. he's looking, and I'm standing in the background smiling too, right? So that was a, a good way to, to sneak in a picture if right. they want to get it. But So, I mean, uh, you, you know, you're talking about the fans, and obviously you're, you're very good with, with the fans. Are you, are you happy to be back? It's been about uh, six weeks or so. 
um, since you returned from from the injury. How do you, how you feeling? Yeah, so I f- it's weird how I feel. I've never felt like this run down before, mm-hmm. I guess. And I have been doing a lot like since I came back. So like my first night back, I rest- they had me wrestling two matches, yeah, you know, like two two segment matches on SmackDown. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so yeah, so it's just interesting because I. I I don't feel like uh, like I'm just not sleeping very well, and I guess maybe because this is my first ever real break from wrestling, where I was like, okay, I was in bed by unless Bree was had a really long drive, I was mostly in bed by nine thirty every night and waking mm. up at like six or whatever, you know. And so now, you know, you get into that sleeping schedule, and then you're you're ready to go. But then also like. We didn't know how my neck was going to do when I came back, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the same. It's the same with any injury. I think, like if you have knee surgery, you don't know how your knee is going to do until you actually start putting pressure on it, and you can do as much rehab or whatever you want, you know. Uh, um, but until you actually get there and do it, uh, and so now it's just this uh, this thing of it being like, you know, getting pretty pretty worn down, and I've never. F- felt this way before mm-hmm. and like but i'm also getting older so i don't know if it's just like but it's also like sometimes it takes when you've been off for you know nine or ten months then coming back takes maybe some getting used to and i don't know if i'm still in that adjustment process you know you kind of have to build up your body callus yeah yeah you know what i mean i think it's easier to work 12 days in a row than it is to work a match and then wait 12 days and work oh absolutely one. absolutely you know? yeah and uh i was actually talking i think with triple h about this about how it's way harder for him to come in and do a couple matches a year yeah. than it is to go in and be like on all the live events and all the TVs right. and stuff like that because then yeah like so that first bump like I went down to the the performance center and I took a bump and I was like oh my gosh like, <laughs> yeah. it, like it didn't feel like that when I first started bumping of course I was 18 you know right. but like it, but that was like a boxing ring so it was hard as a rock you know and then like going here in these WWE rings they're you know they're they're much nicer than a boxing yes. ring you know and so you're like and I, but I took that first bump and I was like <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know so that happened to me you know I've been coming back to do you know I do a couple months and I, I, it was my first match back in January in a live event in mm-hmm. Mobile or Montgomery against Luke Harper and he gave me like a tackle or something and that first bump like you said it felt like someone took a bucket of cold water yeah. and threw it in my face yeah. like, oh my gosh right? oh my gosh you know <laughs> But let's but let's talk about the the journey. I mean, last time we spoke last year, you had just won the title and you're at the top of the world, and you know, we, 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 you kind of everything was going your way after this big long build of you know the office wouldn't give you the chance, and then the people demanded it, and then you get inserted into the main event of WrestleMania, and it's this huge huge moment, and then about a month later, suddenly you're you're out. Mm-hmm. What, what 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 happened to like what prompted that? What were you feeling? Well, it wasn't it wasn't as sudden as uh, they oh, they made it sound. Okay. So like what had happened is in July, June or July of 2013, I was wrestling Randy Orton and got a stinger in the match. And I remember that on TV, yeah, right? Yeah, and they stopped the match, and uh, it it ended up like I nearly got in a fight with Hunter. I, I was standing there <laughs> watching. Oh, yeah. I don't think I've ever. I don't know if I've ever told you this. They had the the cameras there, those total diva cameras. Yeah. And I know you're you're in it because of Breeze in it, yeah. and you're supporting your wife and stuff. But they were going in this room, and I was like, you guys need to not go in there with those cameras. Right. Like, well, we're gonna, I'm like, I'm telling you right now. Right. If you, 
<laughs> this is not a reality show. Right, yeah. You will get your ass whipped. <laughs> right. Because I can just get there on that fucking camera. Because you were, I saw it. You were face to face. Don't you ever stop my match. I've been doing this for years. I worked with an attached red. Like, do you remember that? Or were you just so, so red? No, I was so, I was so red. And, and it's funny because... I don't think Bree had ever seen me that angry before oh, because yeah. typically I pride myself on being very You're level headed. Back yeah, guy, I'm, I'm very laid back, but I also have a certain sense of pride that I've never had a match stop before, mm-hmm. no matter what happened, you know. And uh, and also, what kind of infuriated me too is this knowledge that Hunter finished a match with a torn quad, and right. then like this is, but because this Great is a different point. era of like, okay, so we. You know, it's just a different era. And like Bree and my sister even said this. You do realize that you were completely in the wrong here. They were looking out for you <laughs> and like for your health. But you have this, you it's, know. That's our mentality. Yeah, that's, that's old the, school that's, mentality. That's the man. mentality. I mean, yeah. you know, like you mentioned, you did work with the detached retina. Yeah. I wrestled a match with a broken arm. Yeah. You know, this is how we, we are taught and trained right. to, to, to and work. And if you don't keep going, yeah. then you're a sissy. That, yeah. Right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And the uh, one thing I am not is I am not a sissy. You know, this may not be real. This may be, you know, entertainment, <laughs> whatever right. it is. But, you know, yeah, yeah. That, that's sort of mentality. <laughs> but in that match, and um, I had actually done a, a suicide dive on onto the floor and I don't remember if, I, but my head ended up hitting the barricade, and mm-hmm. you know, and that. Had, but that had happened to me a million times. But I have a really strong neck. I've spent think, years bridging and all that kind of stuff. I think it might be one of those ones where you had to move. Yeah, and yes, and I think barricade. that's I think that's what it was. Yeah, and then I did, and I, but I felt fine. I felt like a little jolt down my arm, but I was like, oh, no big deal. Uh, I did the top rope drop kick. I landed, and all of a sudden, I couldn't get up. And I was just like, which was scary. You know, I couldn't, like, I couldn't feel my arms. And in then, the like, middle of the match, in the yeah. middle of the match. And then Randy's there. And, you know, Randy's got a temper more than anything else. <laughs> and, he's, and he's like, he's like, Dan, what are you doing? Dan, what are you doing? Like, and now he's, he's getting mad. And I just, I just can't get up. And then, so I finally, I got up. The feeling came back in my left arm pretty quick. But the feeling in my right arm just stayed. It was just like limp by my side. And, um, so, anyways, that had happened, and then uh, the feeling came back in my right arm. But after that, they sent me to get an MRI and all this kind of stuff. And there was um, the disc was compressing on the nerve, but it wasn't really causing any problems other than that one thing. And who knows how long? Because sometimes a disc can be doing something like that, and but you don't have any symptoms for a long time. But then after that, all of a sudden, I started getting these shooting pains down my arm, mm. and so. Um, so the ulnar nerve was pinched, and so uh, it was getting to the point. It was getting, especially that European tour that November. Um, Those are it, long tours. Yeah, and it was really bad as far as like I wasn't sleeping because anytime my neck moved, I had to keep my neck in a certain position because otherwise I'd get these horrible shooting pains down my arm, just that nerve pain that like it, it's weird because it's like a jolt of like electricity, electricity that yeah. goes down your arm, but it's like. It was like this constant pain. And so, you know, we have that the awesome um, massage lady and chiropractor when we go over to England, right? Mm-hmm. And they were working on me every day just trying to give me some relief, right? And Chiropractor's so, name is Pete Townsend, by the way, yeah, which is the yeah, best name ever. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, so, yeah, then I got an, an epidural injection. The first one helped a lot, you know, just to relieve some of the swelling around the nerve. And then that freed up. And I was for about three weeks, I had no pain whatsoever, which was a huge improvement. And then um, they went in to do a second epidural, and when they did it, the doctor hit the spine with the needle. So it's a, 
the epidural, they do like an MRI guided or it's like an image guided thing, and it's supposed, but with and they numb up your back and everything, and they go to do the epidural injection, and I'm laying there like my back is completely numb, and then all of a sudden, like I feel this excruciating pain, and I don't cuss a whole lot, but then all of a sudden I screamed out, you know, and like he was shaken up, I was shaken up, and. uh so I'm assuming he wasn't supposed to touch the spine. No, you're the not supposed to touch. You know, you're, oh yeah, you're, yeah. Wow. And so, yeah. So then, so then, yeah. And then they asked me if I wanted him to continue because we're already like, you know. But he was a little shaken up, and I said, yeah. But then that one didn't give me any relief. And so, and I don't know if the the touching of the of the spine actually aggravated it or what. But then they they didn't have me sign these consent papers when I went in. And so, like immediately after, they're all like, hey, "Okay, oh, we forgot to have you sign this. Can you sign this?" I was like, yeah. you know, I, I was just worried that like you know my arm was just going to be like flopping just, by my yeah. side or something, you know. But you know, um, so then I didn't. They wanted to do a series of three epidurals, and I didn't do the third one. Um, just after the horrible experience of that second one. And then, um, well, just so you know, I had a herniated disc in my back and I yeah. went for epidurals. Same thing. First one, not, not the same thing as far as the pain, but the first one worked. Uh-huh. Second one, okay. Third one, nothing. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't like a cure. It was a bandaid. Yes. And, and that's all it is. It's, right. it's just, you know, reducing the inflammation around there, but it's, especially with what we do, it's going right. to come back. And like, uh, so anyways, uh, then the pain started coming back and the, they said this whole time, um, Doc Ammon had told me this whole time, like, we can do the surgery now, but you don't need the surgery now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of those things is you can choose when you want to do the surgery, um, but as long as it's just pain going down your arm, you're fine. So we get through WrestleMania, and that was actually the hardest part of that whole thing was that I'm dealing with this thing that really only Doc Ammon knows about you know oh, really? Doc Ammon and Bree and like because Vince you know, didn't know or it, no yeah know. and I, I because you don't want any of that mm, pulled from you right and especially yeah. there was a point where it was getting bad after the rumble and at that point I really didn't have anything for Wrestlemania all mm-hmm. of that just kind of happened because of the, you know the series of events that went down but then um, it was starting to get bad but then all of a sudden now I'm in the best spot of my career right and like i'm not gonna you know yeah all, all of a sudden be like well guys this is getting pretty bad like <laughs> you know um but the pain it was bad but it was manageable and i was getting through but then all of a sudden um probably about two weeks before i ended up getting the surgery it turned to weakness and they said when it turns to weakness that's when you need to get the surgery oh. because uh because then you're at risk of never getting it back so, atrophy, yeah. yeah and so what had happened is i went out to the car we don't have automatic locks on our car i think i'm the only probably <laughs> wwe wrestler what do you got, like a 76 chevy or something <laughs> no, we have a 2010 honda fit that doesn't have automatic oh, locks. oh really yeah. okay and so like, i didn't know there were they still made cars yeah, yeah. <laughs> well yeah it's three thousand dollars cheaper if you don't get the automatic locks and this is a very inexpensive really? car anyways okay and so <laughs> so you know i'm just kind of thrifty and so <laughs> <laughs> and so anyways I went out to unlock the car and I couldn't like mm. I had to use my left hand to unlock the car and then uh, it was 
Brie was, I was just dropping things all the time and I just thought it was hand weakness. Um, but then when they went and tested it, it was actually also tricep weakness because the ulnar nerve runs from your neck down through the back of your tricep and into your back pinky and then into your thumb. And, uh, I had no tricep strength, but you know, you can compensate for that. For example, I could do a push up, you know, but that's because I'm recruiting other muscles right. to, to do that. And so, which is um, another typical wrestling trick when you have yeah. an injury, you overcompensate with other sides, yes. which usually makes another injury happen. Yeah. And so, uh, so anyways, um, that week uh that i wrestled kane at extreme rules after this I, is after after yeah after uh after wrestlemania and this is after i had realized i couldn't i couldn't Put unlock the key in the yeah lock, and so i talked to um uh you know i talked to the vince's guy i don't know if it's vince's guy or triple h's guy the art guy mm. he's who's really really good right. right and uh he was asking me how i was doing because he had worked on me over wrestlemania and i said yeah this thing happened with the and he said you need to you need to talk to somebody you know wow. because he, i've always been like okay if i'm hurt i don't necessarily want to tell the wwe doctor you know like uh i know some people their experiences are like when you tell a, do- a WWE doctor that you're hurt, they're like, well, you know, if you we can do this to keep you going. My experience is different. Every time I've had a concussion or the doctors have known I've had a concussion, it's like they s- stop me from wrestling right away, right? <laughs> and, like, the- I'm at this point where I'm like, okay, I'm the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. I'm at the highest point of my career. The last thing I want to do is have them stop me from right. wrestling. So did you, did you feel any of that during that WrestleMania match, the triple threat? Did you feel any issues or were you okay during that whole match? Uh, so it, w- it was essentially um, – Getting myself ready for for that, yeah. In the within the match, I was always fine in matches. Gotcha. In matches, I was always fine. It was like, for example, WrestleMania 30 was specifically difficult because uh, I did the Triple H match and then had that long rest and period, and then all of and usually after matches was when it would get the worst. Wow, and okay. then so then it's all of a sudden trying to get that function back, you know, as mm-hmm. far as like without being in pain and all that kind of stuff. And then Undertaker loses. And then the crowd's just like dead, you know, and and you're just like, oh no, like, you know. And so uh, but that happened the other night too at the garden. We had the Hulk Hogan appreciation, yeah, yeah. the greatest appreciation, respect. They, right. they raised the banner to the ceiling, yeah. Hogan, and then you got to come out there for yeah. the main event. <laughs> but but it it's interesting because you know uh, I know Roman Reigns gets a lot of slack for for stuff from. You know some fans or whatever, but I believe strongly that he's that he's going to do really well. And I think that night specifically in the garden, in the garden, proved it because that's kind of a it can be kind of a rougher crowd, Absolutely. and especially we're, we at that point we were well over three hours into the show. They had just seen this awesome appreciation thing. When he came out, he got mixed boos and mixed cheers. But in that tag match, by the time I finally tagged Roman, the crowd went crazy, and wow. that that fi- that finishing stretch, people people were there for it, like tr- treated him like he was main eventing wrestling like a legit yeah superstar yeah and so uh so yeah so um so during the match you're okay so then the next week the, the thing with kane then you have a, a, yeah. a dropping stuff and, yeah and then so then the match at extreme rules happens and then i'm talking with doc amen and he talks to dr maroon and that sort of thing and then i think that week they called me and told me i didn't even have a choice they said you're you're, you're getting surgery and uh 
And so now, when it's really serious like that, like with Edge, it was the same thing. Remember Edge yeah. was Vince called him and said, You're never wrestling again. And he's yeah. like, What? Like yeah. just out of the blue. Yeah. You know, I was gonna say this too. I mean, you're mentioning about how you're at the biggest peak of your career and you're about to go into WrestleMania, you're the champion. And it's you know, I, I, Fandango is a good example. Uh-huh. A couple of years ago, when he was really hot, he was scheduled to win the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah. He got a concussion. Yeah. He was pulled. Yeah. Things change. Different stories come up and never never had another chance to do right. it. That could have been the case. If you yes. don't stay with it, who knows where the, where the streams are going to go. Right, exactly. And the, the thing is, is Doc Amon and Dr. Maroon are the ones who called me. Vince didn't know yet. He still didn't know. He, but like... But it was because it was one of those things where they had a conference call with the medical staff. The first person they wanted to tell is me. Right. I the first person I texted actually was John Cena because I was like, "Hey, do I need like this is what they've told me. I told Doc I didn't want to do the surgery. I want to wait until after SummerSlam or whenever it is that I lose the title." Right. And so uh, he said, "Well, call and talk to Vince about it and tell him that you you, you know." Because I didn't want to get the surgery, that same that same fear. But not only that, that same sort of pride that I, that, 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 I talked about earlier. Yeah, yeah. That like okay, you're the champ. I'm, come yeah, on. I'm I'm the champ. When I was the Ring of Honor champion, I had separated my shoulder and torn a couple tendons, and I wrestled for four months like that, mm-hmm. and until I could drop the title to Homicide. And then when I dropped the title, then I took three months to rehab and all that gotcha. kind of stuff. Right. And like, and that was my mentality. Like, okay, I've been dealing with this pain for the last you know however many months. I can. I can another get couple through, months. yeah, or another couple months, and then. Um, so what did John say? So John, John just said, "Hey, call and talk to Vince, and tell him, tell him what you think." So I called. And Were t- you asking John's advice because he's a you know a long time champion here? Yeah, I asked John's advice to see like I don't know what this is. I've never been in this situation. Yeah. So, doc, the doctor tells me this. At this point, Vince doesn't know. I do. Is it better that he finds out from the medical staff in a memo the next day, right, or is it better yeah. that that I call him? And I never called him before. I didn't even have his number. That was part of the reason why I was <laughs> I, like, you know, like so. Uh, so yeah, and it was weird too because it was relatively late at night, and you know, Vince, he's up at all hours. Mm-hmm. And John had sent me two numbers, right? And I didn't know which was which, and so one said work, and so I thought, oh, so I called, and it's like the literally the office number, <laughs> and like nobody. Like to Vince's office, but it's like uh, office hours or ten a.m. <laughs> yeah, but he actually picks up. Oh, really? And like, yeah, and he was confused. Like uh, somebody who was in the meeting told me, "Is like, yeah, it was weird because like nobody ever calls him there. Like if you're gonna call him and you have his private number, you call his cell. And yeah, then, like, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> and then, but then like he's like, oh, what's this? And then they were in the middle of some sort of meeting, and oh. then yeah, and then and then he said, no, you can't. You, so what did you tell him? Like I got this report. Yeah. So I said you'll you'll need to talk to Doc Heyman and you'll need to you know um, uh, talk to Doctor Maroon and stuff. But uh, this is what they've told me. I don't want to get this surgery. I want to. I think I'm good enough to keep going until this. And then he pretty much said, like, okay, well I'll talk to the doctors and we'll we'll talk about it on you know on mm-hmm. Monday. And then but the plan was to never strip me of the title. Like the plan because. A, for example, had we done this surgery right when it had happened, right? Yeah. Uh, the recovery time is supposed to be six to eight weeks, and the plan was is that we'd get through until th- that time, and then uh, fake it instead. Yeah, of and, and, yeah. and so, um, but then, but what had happened is, and this is, you know, a bunch of different people have different 
you know, opinions on what had kind of happened. My physical therapist, his opinion is this. The nerve was pinched for so long that it took a long time for it to heal and recover. He said nerves heal typically at a rate of about an inch per month, right? And so mm-hmm. that's a very long time when you're talking about C6, C7 in your vertebrae and then going all the way down you're to – about an inch of growth, and, like growing yeah, down the yeah, whole arm, grow, right, which so, is like 14 yeah. inches. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so that's a that's a long time, and I was like, oh, and um, especially for how long it had been pinched. But then, uh, you know, there was talk that maybe I needed to get a second surgery with my elbow and all this kind of stuff. And so, what was originally supposed to be six to eight weeks turned into whatever it was, nine months. And so, in your knowledge, has a champion ever had to? Has a champion ever gone down with injury in this company? I don't know. I, don't, I was thinking about that. I can't remember if anybody ever has. I mean, Edge was the champ when they told me yes. he never wrestle. So he just had to he just give had up to the go. belt, too. Yeah. So maybe Edge and yourself, I yeah. guess, right? Yeah. So, when you, so you got the initial surgery, mm-hmm. but then they told you that you might need another surgery? Yeah, because what had happened was it wasn't getting any better. Oh. The weakness wasn't improving. So oh, it was weird, too. Like, originally, like, the first thing... I wake up from surgery, right? And the first thing I'm doing is I'm feeling my fingers and stuff and, like, trying to feel, like, if I have strength back. And I was like, oh, man, it's way improved from what it was. Like, I couldn't even keep my fingers open if you just pressed a little bit. Right, right. right. And so, uh, so yeah, I was I was testing. I was testing. I was like, oh, that's already way better. But uh, – and it was getting better. It felt like it was getting better. And then all of a sudden – so they had me – Ten days after the surgery, I was back on TV doing a promo or something like that. This is like April or something? Uh, no, or so May. May the gotcha. surgery happened in May. Okay. They were on the European tour. When they came back from Europe, I was on that next gotcha. t- TV. And um, and so, but what had happened is I would put like a bag in Bree's mom's car. She was taking me to the airport, and I wasn't supposed to lift anything over five pounds, right? But you know, I'm just traveling, so you have to, right? So I have this backpack, and I put it in the thing. All of a sudden, I felt like this, eh, like this tinge go back down my arm, and then all of a sudden things got worse. And then so we, they sent me back to Doctor Maroon that week, and then he's trying to find whatever it is that's that's going wrong in there, and then uh, and then it got, and then it kept getting worse, and then they're like. The, for the first time in my life, I took prescription pain pills during oh, that. That wow. was actually worse than – it was worse than when I had the original injury. So this is two weeks after the surgery. I literally – I was staying in the Pittsburgh Airport Hotel. So there was like that – the Pittsburgh Airport they have, I don't know what it is. It's a Hyatt or something, but it's, it's attached to the right hotel. Right on site. Yeah. yeah, it's right on site. And I had to drag – my bags there and literally I didn't know if I was going to make it like I kept having to stop and my arm was just like my arm was killing me Mm -hmm. and like that night I probably slept like 30 minutes you know and then so so much pain so much pain and so um and I you know I pride myself on being somebody who can handle a lot of pain we all to get to a successful level like at this and like absolutely you have to have a a certain amount of pain tolerance and uh and i find as well that like we know our bodies so well that when you are feeling that pain you know something severe yes and so we know the difference between ah you tweaked it and something's messed up right yeah and so um so yeah so then that was going on and then uh so then he they sent me home with like all these pain pills right (laughs) and like i took them for one day it's the first time I'd ever taken like a pain pill or anything. Like you don't that. drink. I don't drink yeah. or anything like that. And it was uh, I did it, and I didn't take you know the the full number. But then after two days, I was just like, I can't. I feel horrible. Like just mentally, I felt felt horrible. And then um, 
And then so they were keeping an eye on it and trying different things and this or that. And then finally the pain went away, but the strength was still not there. Mm-hmm. And so um, and it was weird because initially there was only uh, a lack of strength in my tricep in my hand. But then all of a sudden after this thing, two weeks after the surgery, now I was having bicep weakness. Oh. And it was weird. And it was weird stuff like I would turn my neck to the side and I would have no strength in my arm. I would turn my neck the other way and my my bicep was functioning. It was – yeah, Dr. Wow. Maroon couldn't explain it. And he was like, if I didn't know you and couldn't like – you know, there's tests if somebody's faking something, right? Right, 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 you know, right, like, right, right. If I didn't know and I didn't like – if I couldn't see this myself, I'd think you were faking it. Wow. Like, like, you know, like, <laughs> so that's really – like we've never seen this yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean like – I was talking with Hunter about this, you know, while, um, after the surgery thing, and then the the nervous system is we there's still so much we don't know about it, right? Yeah. Like Hunter had this thing where like uh, he was having a similar kind of issue, but there's all these nerves like in your armpit, for example, and mm. like the pathways, they you know, and all that kind of stuff. So he had like they were going to go do something to him but then all of a sudden this guy got in there and messed around with his armpit and all of a sudden his shoulder was right. like or his his bicep wasn't functioning but all of a sudden his bicep was functioning but then all of a sudden that uh rooted out the real problem which was something in his shoulder or something you know and then your like, body's attached in very strange yeah. ways right and yeah. so so yeah it was uh it was just you know um a very frustrating process well of course but so this is months down the line and what were they saying? Like, just take time and, and rehab and it'll get better? Or? Yeah. So they thought I'd be ready for money in the bank. Which it was? was it was probably wise. about – it was July maybe. Okay, so July. probably about six to seven weeks after the surgery. They thought, okay. They, they thought I'd be ready. Maybe it was eight weeks after the surgery. They thought I'd be ready. And if I could uh, get ready for that, then they wouldn't need to strip me of the title, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it became clear – maybe a couple of weeks before that, that I wasn't going to be ready for money in the bank. And so uh, then they, like, we don't have, and we don't have a timetable for his return. We have to strip him of the title, uh, that sort of thing. And so... How did you feel when that went down? Do you know what? I was actually, I thought if they were going to, if I had to do the surgery, I thought they should have stripped me of the title right away. Right. Uh, and it, with my thinking being... Um, just with the whole story and everything that we were doing on TV, it didn't make any sense for the authority to let me keep it, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, uh, <laughs> like, what is my point of view as a, as a babyface, right? <laughs> no, 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 let me keep it. I mean, I can't defend it. You know, like, you want to... <laughs> You want to defend the title for right. the people, and the people deserve that. And that's what they were saying on the t- on TV. The, the authority was saying the people deserve a fighting champion. Well, what's my response? No, I don't. I don't <laughs> yeah, like yeah, you guys. Yeah. It's mine. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I, it's funny how things get flip flop sometimes, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Like you're right. Of course they do. Yeah. <laughs> and now you're the baby faces, and I'm the heel, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, but um, but it also, I thought, okay, well. If I don't have the pressure to come back, then, you know, um, I would thought the whole time, okay, if I'm doing the surgery, if you guys are expecting me back at Money in the Bank and I'm ready, great, because mm-hmm. then we can do them. They ended up doing a Money in the Bank match for the title anyways. Right. And so then it's like you can put it up. I can make a surprise return or something like that. And then when win the title back and then it's yay, right? Yeah. But if but not, there's no pressure. Yeah. Then if not, then there's no pressure. And so, uh, so yeah. Um, so I wasn't, I wasn't bothered when they stripped me of the title it was more like oh i wish we just would have done this weeks ago (laughs) the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards 
Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, continuing the conversation with Daniel Bryan. We've been talking about your neck injury and the two surgeries that kept you out of the ring for almost a year. There were a lot of rumblings about what was happening with you. Is he getting worse? Is he getting better? Is he coming back? Is he retiring? Was that ever discussed that you wouldn't be able to come back? Okay, the, the discussion was this. We do not know what's going on with you. And... If we can't fix this, you can't wrestle. And that's a scary thought. Yeah, it's because you think doctors know. Like I yeah. just gotta see the doctor. Well, yeah, and and that's and that's the thing. One of the so I was dealing with kind of two doctors. One was Doctor Maroon mm. um, in He's Pittsburgh. A official. Yep, and know. he works with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But he because his specialty is kind of neck stuff for the arm. The issue because essentially the issue was the strength coming back in my arm. For that, he sent me to a guy named Doctor Buter. No, maybe doc, I don't know which doctor was in where. You know. Yeah. Whatever. So many, right? Yeah, there's so many. So, but doctor he sent me two. to yeah to his doctor in Pittsburgh, who works with the Pittsburgh Steelers, who's an upper arm specialist and knows the the, ner- the nerves in the arm really well. And then um, they said originally they thought, okay, you're going to need to do the surgery at your elbow because I have something where the nerve crosses the elbow, and it was called called a double crush. Where okay, we think what. What we thought happened, because it made sense, was that your nerve was pinched at the neck. But it also turns out that it's also pinched at the elbow, mm. So, it, which is called a double crush, which is why – but I, that doesn't explain to me why my tricep was weak because that's above this point or whatever, you know. But they said uh, – he said, we think you're going to have to get this surgery, but we're going to give you – uh, some time to see if things are getting better or not because sometimes things just take time well things weren't getting better and then so then I, I was like well instead of flying me back and forth to pittsburgh all the time there's certainly got to be somebody who's good at this in phoenix and so yeah they found this guy who's really good works with a bunch of baseball players did worked with nolan ryan he's got this awesome picture in his office of when um i don't know if I don't know if you're a baseball fan or not, but when I was a kid, Nolan Ryan was an old pitcher. Yeah. And Robin Ventura, like I think Nolan Ryan hit him with a pitch or something like that. Robin Ventura, this guy for the White Sox, who's like young and spunky, like he's like, oh, screw Nolan Ryan, I'm gonna go, and he goes to fight Nolan Ryan, right? <laughs> and was 43 years old. <laughs> yeah, this happens sometimes in baseball. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, you and so, anyways, Nolan Ryan was awesome. Like, at forty yeah, something yeah. years old, he just grabs him in a headlock and starts punching him in the face. And I was like, uh, he's got that picture no of Nolan Ryan punching him in the face, and uh, and signed by Nolan Ryan, like, thanks for the surgery, doc, or whatever, you know. And so, like, you know, he's he's yeah, worked he's with, been around, yeah, he's yeah. been he's been around, and he said. Uh, Essentially, his his thing was this. He sent me. We did a bunch of nerve conduction studies, and he said, "I cannot guarantee you that this surgery will work, hmm. but this is going to give you. If we can't, if we've, if they've determined everything in your neck is clear, like everything in your neck is clear, this may be our best op, our best chance if things aren't improving." Mm-hmm. And um, and so there was that. And, and then they sent me back to Pittsburgh to get a second opinion from Dr. Maroon's guy. And then he thought, well, I don't, I'm, now I'm not sure. And so they're Jeez. kind of going back. And then the guy in, in, in um, Phoenix had said to me, 
he said, listen, I can only under, I, I can understand how frustrating this must be for you because you, he said the same thing you said. You, got, you look to us and you want a definitive answer. And unfortunately, I can't give you a definitive answer. I can give you what I think, mm-hmm. right? And he, the doctor in Pittsburgh can give you what he thinks. But realistically, we don't know. And like that was this terrifying thing. That's the know? scariest thing. That's the scariest thing. And then, so then we're looking at, we're just going to do the surgery. This is October, maybe. I don't know if it was September. Yeah, yeah. September, October. And we're just going to do the surgery because I'm doing all this physical. I'm trying everything, like legitimately everything. I'm doing physical therapy. I'm doing ART. I'm getting acupuncture. I'm, I'm going to a naturopath and all this kind of stuff, right? And literally, we were... I was scheduled to set the surgery date on the Friday, go in and meet with the guy in Phoenix and like we were gonna sit he was gonna talk to me about it, talk me through it and all that kind of stuff and then schedule the surgery to the next week. Um that so that was decided on a Wednesday or a Thursday. I called my naturopath because I was going in. Oh, what's a naturopath? A naturopath is somebody who does like natural healing methods. Okay. Right, you know, and so like I, I go to him like for example when I'm sick as opposed to uh as opposed to going to a doctor who's going to prescribe you prescription medication or whatever like that, he's he will try natural things natural, first, like and 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 leaves he and roots yeah, and, and like he he believes that there there are definitely places for prescriptions, mm-hmm. but there's no reason to go in with like uh, something major when yeah, well, yeah. when you can you know okay if you just do this and you drink this tea and then if you take some of this mm-hmm. you know you're you're gonna get. It's the same reason they told they told me I needed back surgery and I uh, started in yoga and that yeah. cleared up all my problems. Yeah, doctors sometimes have a tendency to go drug surgery, drug surgery, yeah. whereas there is other ways around. Yeah, it because more that's natural. that's the methodology that they're taught. You know? Right, and so like you know, uh, like begets like kind of. You know yeah. what I mean? So like when you go and you learn from somebody, like and you spend however many years doctors spend in school learning from people who have learned the same methodology, it's hard. And then when it becomes gospel. Yeah. yeah, and so but then there's the case of like Steve Jobs. Right, who completely believed in this this natural cures, and if he would have just taken this thing, you know, yeah. and just would have had somebody who who guided him to say, "Hey, listen, the natural stuff will get you so far, but if it's not working there, mm-hmm. you need to go do this." And mm-hmm. that's kind of my naturopath; he's good like that. So, anyways, um, he said, "Well, before you do this, he works with Carson Palmer, who was the quarterback for the Phoenix Cardinals." He said, "Before you do this, before you get the surgery, before you get the surgery." Um, Carson had this horrible shoulder injury or something like that. He couldn't even barely pick up a football. And then he went to this guy in Denver who does a thing called muscle activation technique. And all of a sudden he was playing a couple weeks later. Mm. So I don't know if this guy can help you. But uh, so my naturopath called the guy, talked to him, and he said, I'll see him on, you know, I'll see him on this day. And if I can help him, I'll let him know. But if I can't help him, I'll also let him know. Right. Mm -hmm. Like if this, if what I do works, uh, I should be able to tell just with, yeah, with, within the two now, hours. now before you went and saw him, was there ever a time when it crossed your mind like I might not be able to go back to wrestling? Yes, and especially with the doubt of everybody had about that second surgery, mm-hmm. like this uh, this thought that like the second surgery isn't 
We so what know. were you thinking? Like, let's say you couldn't wrestle. What were you like? What do I do? I'm going to be going become a booker or go backstage and be an agent no, or go no. overseas and be a Peace Corps. Yeah, I mean, probably more likely Peace Corps stuff, but not. <laughs> but you know, when you get married, you can't necessarily. That's just, true. Yeah, you can't just go off and join the Peace Corps, right? Unless your <laughs> wife, if she decides to quit wrestling, then you go <laughs> yeah. off and join the Peace Corps with you, right? And so, uh, so yeah, like we we had been thinking about that as far as like, and we legitimately like, okay, what what are we going to do? And not only that, the issue why I couldn't wrestle was because I didn't have any strength in my right arm. Right. So, and I have no, I have no education. The good thing is, is that I, everything I have is paid off, right? Mm-hmm. The house, my car, everything like that. And I've been able to save a decent amount of money. So I could, if I wanted to go to school and get another job. But the thing is, is I don't have, like I have things that I'd like to do, but I don't have. There's no job that like it's yeah. like. Oh, it all I'd, involves using a hand. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd, I'd love to go do that. You know what I mean? And so, uh, like for example, I'm interested in in cob building, like natural building. So it's building cob cob building. So it's like essentially you uh, mix clay, dirt, and straw, and you build these houses. They're very inexpensive to build. They can last for hundreds of years, hmm. right? And um, and you can. It, Anybody can do it, right? It doesn't take much but to be able to go learn how to do that. And then maybe they, they do these awesome things where they'll take it to Haiti and okay, stuff like right, that. Right, you know? right. And they'll go and they'll build these cob houses in Haiti. But then also the idea of like, okay, um, here's this guy who was a, a wrestler and that sort of thing. And he, he, he has chosen – not because he's been forced to because he spent all his money, but he has chosen to live this simple life, right? Mm-hmm. And just give people that uh, – because sometimes in the media, our minds get brainwashed into this is what you should want, right? Yeah, of you, course, yeah. You should work for this because if you keep working for this, then you can have this multi-million dollar house, and then you can have all these cars, and then you can and have that's success. And, yeah, and yeah. then you can have a wife, wife with fake breasts, and that's <laughs> like, and that's, and you know, and that's what what success is, right? right? This is this is success, sure, yeah. But like, you and I both know people with all of that who aren't necessarily happy. Right, right. You and, know, and we also know people that live in a farm and grow corn and yeah. have the best life in the, yeah. ever. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so, um, and so that was kind of my, my thinking as far as like when I think of things after wrestling. That's what I've always thought. But I always thought uh, I was hoping it'd be much later than this. That and, and, and plus, you'd like to be able to have both hands. Yes, to do yeah. It. If I'm going to build a cob house, yeah. it's going to be hard with one. Well, there's hand. Brian, yeah. the one-handed cob builder. Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, that I mean that was kind of what I was thinking, but it, you know it's just even hard to wrap your brain around it. Of because, course, uh, you know. Part so I started. It was weird. I started going to uh, and doing some grappling. So I, I I've uh, I've done like grappling and kickboxing for a while now, you know. Um, but I went to uh, the MMA lab and uh, which is where Benson Henderson trains. And, Where's that at? Uh, in Phoenix. Okay. And um, the jiu-jitsu coach there is a guy named John Crouch, who's really, really awesome. I have never – all the grappling I've done, I've never put on a gi, hmm. right, ever. Like, I've never put on a gi. I've always grappled no gi. And so uh, – but I thought, like, okay, they were having me doing all these hand exercises and stuff, but I didn't feel like it was enough. And I thought maybe maybe the problem is is that I'm not – because my body is used to doing more, mm-hmm. right? And so, okay, you're going to do three sets of ten of pinches like this, right? You know, and, like, <laughs> and maybe my hand is like this isn't going to do anything for me like you're used to doing all this stuff right so i went in and and 
tried to do that and you know everybody stayed away from my neck and all that kind of stuff but the idea gripping a gi is going to work all those intrinsic mm. muscles in your hand and all that kind of stuff which and, is a big part of jujitsu right You're yeah guys call yeah and, you know. and like uh and so it, <laughs> and it was funny because i am decent at no gi grappling i went in with a gi and all of a sudden i'm a beginner <laughs> because i'm like okay i can just escape like this Ugh. no i can't because here's a gi choke like they choke you with the collar and it's like is oh. that legal <laughs> yeah and so uh so yeah so it you know i i started doing that but then also with the idea of you know and this is sometimes how twisted my mind is maybe i can start wrestling with just one hand mm. right with with one arm and i can find ways to like to where it would be good to and make it a gimmick yeah, yeah and like in the same way that Zach Gowan was uh, and just this idea that like okay because in grappling you could legitimately do that right like right. Oh, yeah, yeah. my my um original grappling coach's name is uh, neil melanson and he would sometimes grapple you without using his arms mm-hmm. because he, he needed to challenge himself right mm. so if he's working with somebody who's like me who is uh he was also like 250 pounds right so he's this gorilla of a man right but he would work from the bottom and not use his arms and try to maneuver me with just his legs and working on his hip movement and triangles and stuff like that. And that was kind of my inspiration for that. Well, maybe I can do this whole thing and do it without without right, my arm right. or without needing to be strong. Because my style, I don't pick a lot of guys up anyways. Yeah. You know, so I can get away with like a lot of kicks and stuff like that. But then even having it be that's part of my story is that I don't Well, you know that happened to Acai, right? Ultimo Dragon. Yeah. That Butcher doctor in WCW yeah. snapped a nerve in his arm and his hand went. I don't. I, I think he's got a little bit of back, but for a while he was working with one hand because they told him you have to quit. Yeah, and he was like, you know, screw that. Right. Yeah, so yeah. he came back and did it. So yeah, you know. and so that, that was kind of, that was kind of my the. It, it, People had told me that you might not be able to wrestle again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then in my mind, I'm thinking like, well, I'm not quite ready to not wrestle yeah. again. And so maybe if I do yeah, this one off, right. Yeah. You'd be good with better with three limbs than most guys, <laughs> guys other with four. So, so you go see this doctor in Denver. And, yeah. And, and, and what does he say? Uh, so he, it's interesting because he – my strength was pr- stuck at like 55% of my right arm. Right. They needed it at 80 to 85% for me to get cleared. And um, and so he works on me, and it's weird because it's like ART kind of mixed with it – was, it was pretty painful actually. So it was like – so he digs in with ART until – we can get the strength back in my hand. And my ART guy can do this, mm-hmm. right? He he could get the strength back in my hand. So could my acupuncture guy. So could a bunch of people. But it would last for 20 minutes. And, okay. then, it just, and then it just goes, right? So he would do he would do like he'd press into the muscles and nerves and stuff. And he would get the strength back for just a, a little bit. But then he'd stretch it out. And mm-hmm. that would weaken it. And then he'd do it again. And then he'd stretch it out and he'd weaken it. And he'd, until he stretched it out and it stayed strong. Hmm. And so he did this process for like two hours. It was like, it was, it was a little bit brutal, but, uh, my strength after I left there lasted for five days, which for me, that wow. went, yeah. And then all of a sudden it went right. And then it went and it was back to whatever. And so I went back to see him again and he said, he told me this first time he said, I think I'm pretty sure that we can get you back with this. Oh, right. Yeah. And um, he said, I don't know how long this first one will last, but I'm anticipating it will take two to three visits to get it to where it'll just stay. Right. And so I went and saw him a second time and I've never been back to see him since. Two times. Two times. After eight months of doctors and possible surgeries. Yeah. And he's, he's not even a doctor. 
He's a physical therapist. He works for the he works for the Denver Broncos, right? And this is part of the part of my mentality of like how much schooling do you need if you're specifically working with something like this, mm. right? So like he has found something that works at least to a certain extent, right? right? And so like he it worked for Carson Palmer who's a who's a professional athlete right like he is like those nfl players right if you look at like the worst nfl player he was the stud of his high school <laughs> yeah, the stud yeah. of his college right. and then he gets to the nfl and he's the worst right <laughs> yeah. you know so you look at somebody like carson palmer who i think has been on the all pro team or something like how good of an athlete yeah, is that's this guy top, yeah top, yeah top. and so like he's able to get this guy you know to that like with me it was it was two sessions you know and i don't know if it'll work for everybody i just know that it worked for me and i was and it was weird because Regal's got this uh, witch doctor guy in, in, Atlanta. in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. I've known him for years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, he deals with the fascia yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And so um, it was funny because uh, while I was going through all this, Regal sent me to him and he said, listen, when you go and you see him, it's going to feel like a bunch of BS. Mm-hmm. But don't don't go right, 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 right. don't go by what you're thinking when you're in there. Go by how you feel after, right? And so he worked with me, and that's what I was thinking. I was like, ah, oh, it's a bunch of BS, you know. But then afterwards, I did feel a little bit better, and it didn't necessarily help my neck, but it helped some other things that he mm. had, had noticed as far as like my hip alignment and all that kind of stuff. So I think with that stuff, there's this there. It can help you so much, but at some point, you need something more, yeah. right? And this guy was kind of the same thing because like some of the, when he'd stretch me and like press down to show how weak I was it felt like he was pressing harder right like if you just lift your shoulder to the side and I press down on it really hard and go and like oh you're weak and then okay lift your shoulder to the side and then you press down but you just like kind of pretend to press down like (laughs) oh look at how strong you are you know like that's 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 what I was thinking and I like when I left there I was like hey you know I, I don't know but then I was like Holy cow! Like the proof is it's unbelievable. In the results. It's you know? like I said with with actually DDP's falling in that yeah. in that witch doctor, but with yoga. Yeah, it legitimately and and this, I was the last guy in the world to want to do yoga, and mm-hmm. I started doing it, and it cured me of everything. Yeah. Now at forty four, I feel more limber, better, uh, less pain than when I was thirty four. Yeah. You know, and that's just natural medicine. Yeah, and you know, and it's interesting too because our our society and culture, and especially with like within entertainment and mm-hmm. wrestling, is so looks based right like oh you want to look a certain way you want to you know like Mm -hmm. that sort of thing but reality ufc fighters don't look like bodybuilders right right they're functional right you know (laughs) and like you know a 155 pound guy he may be very lean or whatever but like benson henderson is super limber right Mm -hmm. and one of the ways that he's able to escape so many submissions and everything is because of his mobility absolutely sure and there's none of those guys who who are like most of us here in wwe where you know you're muscle bound yeah we're we're muscle bound and just tight and just like even somebody like seth rollins right Mm -hmm. who works all the time on his mobility and all that kind of stuff he does it for crossfit but like if you put his mobility next to your average ufc fighter i bet he Oh, absolutely. It's very, very absolutely. limited, you know. Absolutely. And so that's uh, one of the also the things that I've switched. I've never been a body guy 
for example, but we still go out there in spandex and you still have well, to yeah, like, you still, yeah, yeah, you still got some big muscle, you know? but I mean like you still have to go out there it's, and it's, you don't want to be, you don't want to be fat. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and the funny thing is like if we went for an insurance test to get insurance, yeah. we would both be categorized obese Yeah, because you know, we're five, nine, five, 10, five, 11, yeah. 200, 210. Yeah. That's the obese category. Right. It's like, yeah. I'm not obese <laughs> right. according yeah. to the stats you yeah, are, yeah, yeah. but you, but you see, but you, like you mentioned, it's just this amazing kind of almost a miracle thing. And you came back and uh, you, you touched on it. I, I know we've we got to finish up soon, but you touched on Roman Reigns and you came back at Fastlane when, I mean, actually it started at the Royal Rumble, Rumble yeah. where Daniel Bryan's back and you get thrown out and then they kind of take out the fallout on Roman. Uh-huh. And even in my experience, when I would tweet something about, you know, like, Roman's great or they'd be, oh, you're just a WWE sycophant. You're sucking Vince's ass. I'm like, mm. no, I believe in this guy. Yeah. How's that sucking ass? You yeah. know what I mean? How did you feel about that when, when Roman was getting booed and then when they kind of had you guys go toe to toe? Okay. So uh, I thought it was overreactionary. Mm-hmm. I was thrilled with the with just the possibility that I might be in the main event again, right? So you have to take <laughs> some things with a grain of salt, you know. Like, okay, I I don't necessarily agree with this direction, uh-huh. right? Like, I I so for example, last year I did agree with the direction because as far as going to a three way, going to a three way yeah. because uh, Batista and Randy it, after the Royal Rumble last year. Fans did not get behind Batista, right? right? But after the Royal Rumble this year, uh, the the first show, the Monday after the Royal Rumble was snowed out, so yeah. they did this awesome backstage Which was great. thing with yeah, with Roman and Brock and, and Paul Heyman and that sort of thing. But the, the next Raw was in Denver. And people were cheering Roman Reigns in well, Denver. And that weekend, I was in Calgary and Edmonton, and I watched that match, and they were going nuts for they Roman. They were going nu- nuts yeah. for Roman, right? And so, and most of the TVs uh, going in, going into Fastlane, they were cheering Roman. The only, the only reason why maybe they didn't is because they also really liked me, and it wasn't there wasn't this like last year. It would, it was like Daniel Bryan. We're pushing. We don't want to see these guys. We want to see Daniel Bryan. Yeah. It, they just were cheering for me because now we're directly opposed to each other, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, 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 and yeah. so, like, uh, it, and you know, and and like I like I thought it was an overreaction, but I was thrilled at the potential of maybe getting another chance to be in the main mm-hmm. event of WrestleMania because you didn't and, know for sure what was going to happen. No, just yeah. leading into and it. So right? yeah, and so um, so anyways, uh, but you know, as much as. Everybody wants the main event WrestleMania. If this is the plan that they're going with, I think they made the right decision. Like I said, Madison Square Garden is a notoriously tough crowd, and mm-hmm. especially after over three hours. And they were there for him, mm-hmm. you know, after we've, all we've that. We've seen that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I thought it was actually pretty pretty interesting. I'm not going to say ballsy on Vince's part, but it was a classic Vince move. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're cheering Daniel Bryan, and it's, there's some follow on, on Reigns. Let's put them against each other. I just thought that was a real good way to kind of like, all right, let's let's get let's kind of cut it off and 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 put it to a head uh-huh. because you guys had a, a, a great match at Fastlane. It was amazing. It really was. Well, so I think I I also think that um, it's good for Roman to have those kind of matches, yes. right? To to like to go in there and really just fight, and because he, he like for as inexperienced as he is, he's really really good, mm-hmm. right? Like when you're in the ring with him, like this guy is. It's good. Typical Samoan, yep. typical third generation guy. Yep. There's yep. something natural about both those things. When I say typical Samoan, I've never met a Samoan that wasn't a, a good to great worker. Yes. Yeah. And having that family lineage, he's grown up in the business. It's, yeah. it's second nature. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So uh, obviously, I was disappointed that I'm not in the main event of WrestleMania. <laughs> you know? But uh, but you know, like um, it, it's just. 
life is just interesting and you never know how it's going to work out. And I've always, uh, probably one of the frustrating things for people who are really big fans of me is that I, is that I, I take everything that comes and I try to embrace it. Like there are certain things that you can change and there are certain things that you can. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, I'm going to do the best with what I'm given. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, I've, I've never been somebody who's really big into like, no, you got to do, do this with me, you know, or whatever. That's just, that's not my personality. I will go in and like, if I don't like something, I'll, I'll go in and say like, Hey, I think we should do this instead, mm-hmm. but I, I don't force my opinion down anybody's throats and that sort of thing. And but then, see, that's the longevity, though. That's also being a pro. Like, mm-hmm. I learned that in WCW when you, yeah. you get literally, I remember one time in the New Orleans Superdome in front of 40,000 people, I had a one minute match against Craig Pittman. Yeah. How do you do that and have any type of, of, of impact? But I did the best I could with that right. minute. Yeah. You know, and maybe it wasn't much, but some people might have remembered for the next time I had a minute and a half. Right. Yeah. The next thing you know, within two, three years, I'm a WWE champion. Yeah. That's because every time you go to the ring, Daniel Bryan, people know that they're going to get something quality and good. Mm-hmm. And that's part of you. Know, you'll be here 10 years doing it. And sometimes mm-hmm. you'll be the champion and uh, sometimes you won't. Yeah. But you. I always consider our, our, our squad as a team. Mm-hmm. It's a football team. Yeah. Sometimes you're the quarterback and you're on the field for right. a, you know, an hour, and other times you play one play. But if you yeah. screw up that play, the team could lose. Yeah, absolutely. You know? and, 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 you know, and, and two, like, nobody's forcing me to do this. Right. Mm-hmm. I do this because I like it. Right. right. Wrestling, wrestling doesn't owe me anything. Yeah. You know, like, like, it's not like, like, oh man, I worked so hard. I just, well, guess what? There's a ton of guys who have worked hard. Right. Like, yes. like when I look at, like, for example, I compare myself a lot to Nigel McGuinness. Mm-hmm. And when I think of when, whenever, whenever I start to feel down about like, ah, man, I, w- I wish this would happen. Like during my neck surgery, well, Nigel didn't even get this opportunity. Right. That's he, right. Nigel and I were signed at the same time. They didn't. They didn't continue with his contract because he had torn his bicep. He had let it heal naturally, and they said for him, for to sign him, he was going to have to get another surgery, or he was going to have to get a bicep surgery to have it repaired, and then wait for that whatever nine months it is, and then they might look at him again. But mm-hmm. then at that point, he's in his thirties, and then you know, then it becomes a, time moves yeah, on. Yeah, time, said, the time moves on. Down. Yeah, and so, uh, so you look at somebody like Nigel, who's who is suited for something like WWE, like tall, good-looking, good promo guy, like really good in the ring, and he never even got this opportunity. Never got the shot, yeah. And, um, and it was sad to me. Like I had uh, listened to that, that punk podcast, right, mm-hmm. with Cabana, and one of the things that I think made me sad was that uh, he considered himself a failure because he didn't wrestle in WrestleMania, right? Didn't main event of WrestleMania. Didn't, yeah. yeah, didn't main event WrestleMania. And to me that w- was sad because – you in a he was so successful he right? is, yeah. so yeah. successful and when you look at like it's weird because when i look at when people have asked me this before when did you think that you were successful well i thought i was successful just going down to wrestling school and then when i had <laughs> and, and 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 maybe because i expect less out of life you know like you know like uh i never you know i never envisioned being this this Remember last star? time you told me you were voted the least ambition per, least ambitious person they'd ever seen in <laughs> yeah, school or something yeah. 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 so uh and so like when i had my first match mm-hmm. i thought that oh man i i right. i did it Right, I did it, and then I had my first Japan tour, and they wrote an article about me in the Daily World in Aberdeen, <laughs> Washington. And people, when I would go home, they'd say, "Oh man, we read this article about you in the Daily World." And in you're that, in the paper in that small world. <laughs> yeah, I had made it. I was a success. And mm-hmm. if I had never, if after that, if nothing had ever happened, well, 
I probably would still like, I might be, I'd still be 33 years old now and might be doing, I might be a teacher or something mm-hmm. like that. But I still, yeah, I was a pro wrestler for a year and I went to Japan and yeah, I, yeah. I did this. I and was like, in the paper. And, yeah, I was in the paper and like, uh, See, and, and, that, and you're right about the thing with punk because, you know, I, I, I headlined WrestleMania, quote yeah. unquote, Triple H and Jericho went on last in Toronto, but Hogan and Rock were the match before us and, that was the I mean, come yeah. on. I was on last. Right, yeah. Big deal. The right. next year, Sean versus Jericho, we stole the show at WrestleMania nineteen. We yeah. were on fourth or fifth. Yeah. So what difference does it make if you're on last just because you're on last? I mean, last year you were on last yeah. and it was a great match. Yeah. Okay, well what if that match was on fourth? Would right. it have made it any less great? Right. Well, mm-hmm. it, but but I, I understand where he, he's coming from because some people like and that's why he got to where he got. Sure. It's because he had these high expectations Drive for himself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, but it's just, you know, it's it's all just interesting because I I don't I just don't look at life like that, you know, like I just, mm-hmm. me and different people have different perspectives. And so it's, uh, you know, um, but it, again, it's like, we're blessed to be a part of this. Like literally what we do is not vital to the world, right? <laughs> like, you know, there's doctors out like, I, okay. Do you, are, are, did you know, um, uh, Jeff Farmer? The yeah, fake sting. Yeah, NWO sting. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I read, I was reading this book called Mountains Beyond Mountains. And it's talking about this guy who goes in and, uh, he went down to, I think it was Haiti and, um, was curing people of tuberculosis because the tuberculosis medicines are very inexpensive, but these people don't have access to it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he's going in there and he's, you know, and he's helping all these people. And then he goes down to Brazil and does the same thing. Then he goes to the prisons in Russia and is providing them with like tuberculosis medicine. And then in the middle of it, like towards the end of it and like, and his brother is Jeff, uh, his brother, Jeff is, uh, was a professional wrestler for WCW and it's, and it's fake stings brother. And it's like, and, <laughs> And, and just and just think about like okay when you're looking at a family and like okay who is providing the most to this world right you have this guy who is pretending to be staying on TV and then you have it and and I'm not going to discount I'm, I've heard that he's actually an awesome human being and like does Great good guy. good stuff yeah, now fun, fun guy. Yeah. yeah and then um but then his brother is off changing and nobody knows who his brother is until this person wrote this book about him like he wasn't writing the book about himself somebody found out what he was doing and like wrote this book about him like wow this is somebody nobody knows who's like who's like mother Teresa going out there and helping the people of the world and it's like we're not that what, yeah, you know like what I do it entertains people and our fan base is passionate and it's awesome and I love wrestling and I, I you know it drives me but sometimes when you stop and you think and it's like man if yeah it's if this all ended tomorrow I mean, yeah. would it really make a difference yeah, right? yeah our job is to entertain yeah. people and i've always looked at that like as chris jericho after you reach a certain point and you're there too whether you come out first third fifth last you're gonna get a huge reaction and have a great match yeah the company knows it the people know it the guys you work with know it that is the true secret of having success diver- uh, and, and and longevity here mm-hmm. in the in this company they yeah. can put you anywhere yeah and that that's not it's not a very uh common thing yeah well and like within wwe i've been uh okay i've been the world heavyweight champion but i've also been uh a vegan who the bellas think is a virgin and that's <laughs> so they're competing to take my virginity that was this is the original story well you ended up marrying one of them yeah, so you yeah, did all right that's not too bad that's not too bad yeah it's so like yeah you've been a crazy psycho guy you've yeah, gone to therapy yeah, you've uh, I, yeah, you know i hugged i hugged kane in the ring for 10 minutes on live television you know what i mean like fired 
three times or two <laughs> twice, times? Yeah. Twice, yeah. Working on the third one. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's right before WrestleMania. You've got a great match for WrestleMania. What's your goal? Uh, you know, you're not, like you said, you, you kind of were you, you not wishing that you're main event. It would be nice to be in the main event, but you're not. What's still your overall goal for, 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 for the match at WrestleMania? Okay, so my, so my goal in everything wrestling-wise is to for something to be creatively fulfilling, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, it was interesting. I had read an interview with Sean. I don't talk to Sean Michaels very often, but like uh, I read an interview with him, and they said, were you ever tempted to come back and do this match with, with Daniel Bryan? And he said, no, not really, because, you know, uh, like Bryan's great and all that kind of stuff, and I'm sure we'd have a great match. But the teacher-student story has been told before. And, mm. you know, if I were to come back, it would want to be for something something new, new and compelling and, like, that sort of thing. And uh, it's interesting because Sean tried to get me into WWE in 2008 when you guys were doing your program oh. Oh, in, in, with, uh, with Lance, you know, yeah, and yeah. to bring me into that story. Oh, I didn't know and, that. And, but when he called me and asked me if I was interested in doing it, what he had said to me is he said, I know you love being the starving artist. But maybe it's time for you to come make some money, and like, uh, and so with that um, voice, yeah. make some money, <laughs> and so, uh, so it, you know, and it's anyway. It was interesting hearing that from that interview with Sean because, um, real re- realistically, that's what he was looking for. He was looking for a story that satisfies him because we're all in somewhat creative and like that's there's something that's creatively fulfilling. And another thing that I would like to do. This is not necessarily for WrestleMania this year, or but just in general, is we have a select few guys at the top, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, everybody else kind of gets same treatment to where they'll win one week, they'll lose the next, yeah. they, all that kind of stuff. Even and, Stephen Booker. Yeah, and like uh, it's hard. It's been hard for guys to get elevated, right? And one of the things I'd like to do when I come back, and this is uh, this is where I don't have your typical ambition and it's a different kind of ambition but to raise to get more people over Mm -hmm. and if we have to use me to do that like but i think that's better for the company and then it's more fun and then like not only will i have more people to work with john cena will have more people to work with and roman reigns will have Mm -hmm. more people to work with and then guys in the back will be happier Mm -hmm. because there's this perception that if i work hard i will get opportunities and and then if i go in and if i have a feud with roman so say they feuded with me and it did really well well and then the office looks at him different. And then, for example, Heath Slater. Mm-hmm. I am not even friends with Heath, Heath Slater. I like him, right? Mm-hmm. But, uh, but we're not like friends. We don't yeah, hang yeah. out or anything like that. I think Heath Slater is tremendous, right? He like as the one man Southern rock band. Every time they give him any little bit of yes. TV time, he gets booed. Yeah, yeah, he gets he kills he gets, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so somebody like Heath Slater put me in a program with Heath Slater for Which nobody would ever. Yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, why is Daniel Bryan in a program with Heath Slater and let? Let him show people what he can do. You know, let him every, show why he's yeah, in the program. Yeah, yeah, and so, uh, and then you know, after that, if the company can see that, like, fan fans hate this guy, let's put him in a feud with so and so. And not everybody's going to be Hulk Hogan or Steve Austin or The Rock, but. Crash Holly was super popular. Absolutely. And like, you know, great and, and a, a yeah. cast of characters in the same way that like Mizdow is super. Super over. Super popular right now. Yeah. In the sense, he's not a main event guy. 
but he doesn't need to be. When we come to these shows and like the uh, Miz, everybody's over. Yeah, and yeah. when Miz and Mizdow wrestled the Usos last night, it was phenomenal. Yeah, like it wasn't. You you could have put that match on last. Yeah, yeah, and people were were it was that much of a reaction. Yeah, yeah, we're very entertained by the whole thing, and that's kind of that's kind of my my goal is to like okay, I've reached the point where not that I can go anywhere and 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 be over. I still want to go out there and have the best match that I can possibly have and go out there and do this. But I also want other guys to get the opportunities that I've had mm-hmm. because I've lucked into a lot of opportunities. People think that like, oh, you worked really hard and then, you know, and then because you worked so hard, you got this. No, I had a lot of lucky breaks in the sense of when I won the World Heavyweight Championship, Mark Henry got hurt. Mm-hmm. I, I just so happened to have the money in the bank <laughs> and be in this story. Good point. And so, so there I was winning money in the bank. They originally wanted Wade to win it. But Alberto Del Rio was winning the other one, and they thought, oh, those stories will be too similar. Up until the day of, Wade was supposed to win that. Then I won it. And so, like, and without that, I would have never been in this World Heavyweight Championship thing. And without that, I would have never been given promo opportunities to show them that I could do it. And then, like, for example, the Sheamus thing. 18 seconds with Sheamus, that was supposed to put him over. That was supposed to be his ultimate warrior moment. And who would have predicted that that would have... became your catalyst, yeah. Yeah, it became this this thing. And then, okay, I'm in a thing with Kane for for however. Who would have predicted that we would have had that chemistry? It was just supposed to be, literally, we were supposed to do the the, um, therapy thing just to build to a match the next month. Well, we did the therapy thing, and people liked it. And then all of a sudden, we had a, an eighth-month run after I had been in kind of the main event scene. But then there was nothing for me to do from there. And there's always and, cycles. And then, in this yeah, place, yeah. And then so so then all of a sudden, you know, there's that. And then the shield just happened to come up at the right time. And those guys are perfect opponents for yeah. me. And so all of a sudden, I'm looking like a superstar every week because I'm wrestling the shield every week. Yeah. And then you know. And then, punk us, quits, and then Punk which quits, which opens up a huge spot. Yeah. yeah, and then Batista just so happens to get booed, and then all yeah. of a sudden here there I am, go. and like it's, um, you know, so I, I'd like to be able to provide opportunities for other guys who are every bit as talented as me, mm-hmm. and who, if given the opportunity, they could get over, to, and maybe they won't main event WrestleMania, but get over to the point where like Heath Slater to me, there's no reason why Heath Slater should not be as over as the Honky Tonk Man, right? He's He's Great incredible. Point. Santino so, Morella, that style. Yeah, yeah. yeah Santino yeah. Morella. And, you know, everybody says, like, Cesaro, and I'm a big proponent of Cesaro, but, like, there's lots of There's, lots there's of guys, lots of Cesaros. Uh, yeah, yeah. Who, who are good. Yeah. So. Well, you're a consummate professional, man, and it's good to have you back because this company's much better with you on the shows uh, doing all the stuff that you do. No, thank you very And much. now you got to go do another signing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's open the door twice. So. Yeah. Thanks, dude. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thanks again to Daniel Bryan. Such a cool guy. Great energy. Always happy. He is going to steal the show this weekend at WrestleMania 31. I guarantee it. You wait and see what happens, man. And also thanks to Egypt for returning to give his predictions. He's always surly, but half the time he's right. So we'll see what happens with him. We'll also see what happens with Fozzie. We killed it on the Cinderblock Party Tour in Europe. That continues here in the States, April 24th at 37 Maine in Johns Creek, Georgia also known as Atlanta. Then uh, April 25th, we're killing it. Welcome to Rockville in Jacksonville. Big festival. Then May 18th in Chicago with Slash, man. We're touring with Slash. May 21st in Austin. May 23rd at the House of Blues in Houston. May 24th in Dallas. All of those dates at FozzyRock.com with Slash. And then October 30th, we're heading out with the legendary Kiss, my good friend Paul Stanley and my friend Gene Simmons. We're going to be rocking it on the high seas with the Kiss Navy. That's right. 
October 30th to November 3rd. We're sailing from Miami to Jamaica. We'll be with Kiss, Steel Panther, Lita Ford. Come rock with us. That's kisscruise.com. K-R-U-I-S-E. It might almost be sold out, so go check it out now. Fozzy Rock, for all the details for the Atlanta gig, Rockville and Jacksonville, the Slash shows, the Kiss shows, come check it out. Come check out our VIPs. Join us. You won't regret it. And thanks once again to all the sponsors of Talk is Jericho. Vegas.com, the way to do Vegas. People, don't forget, let the insiders hook you up at Vegas.com. Use my promo code Jericho. You get an extra 10% off. Talk and also thank you to DraftKings and DDP Yoga, and of course, Amazon. And thanks to you guys for supporting my sponsors and doing all your online shopping through my Amazon links. Easiest way to support the show, go to podcast1.com, click on the Keep Our Podcast free banner at the top of the page. You click on Talk is Jericho. See all three of my Amazon links at the UK, the USA, and the Canada. Of course, every time you do that, Amazon kicks back a little cash to the show uh, for free. The, 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 there's no hidden fees or extra charges. You just buy your stuff. Do it through my Amazon links, and you help me to pay some of my bills. All right, that's another great edition of Talk is Jericho. Thanks to Daniel Bryan. Thanks to you. In the meantime and in between time, stay hard, stay cool, stay hungry. And next Wednesday, that's right, next Wednesday, it's going to be a review of WrestleMania with an extra special guest, I promise. You will not regret it. You will not be disappointed. We're going to be talking all about WrestleMania 31 in depth I'm going to be watching it on Sunday. You better be watching it on Sunday. WWE Network. Go check it out. Do it now and come join me next week. And once again, yeah, boy. You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcast1.com. That's podcastone.com. <laughs>